Hello, everybody. It's been a long time. I don't even remember the last time. Um, I could look at the date, but I, I think it was the beginning of June. Is that right? Um, it was <laughs> so yeah. It's been a year. This podcast has been on for over a year now. Yeah, and uh, this last year has been um, not the best. It's life has not been so kind to me this year. So I've been been kind of back in that survival mode thing for a bit. And I, I guess I could be grateful that I have so much practice. I do have a lot of practice in that mode. But um, these days I find myself more angry uh, than thankful. Uh, I mean, yes, I am. I am glad that things are not as bad as each individual situation could be. Um, like I haven't had any side effects from the radiation on my eye, for instance. And, and this isn't lost on me. I mean, part of accepting that there are no guarantees in life is acknowledging that there are things that we hoped for, right? What what was what was it what would it look like if uh if if what we got what we hoped for? You know, how how could things have turned out, right? And then also acknowledging how things are and expressing our responses to each of these, right? That's kind of part of my I guess philosophy or theology on life. Um, you know, we have to kind of live in, in, in all of these spaces. And so for those of you who are kind of pulling this episode up with no context, in March, I went in for a routine eye exam and was quickly ushered to two eye specialists within a week who confirmed that I had a growth on the back of my right eye. Um, before then, I had no idea that you could get freckles in your eye. And so I did not know that melanoma then became a possibility as well. So um, within two months, so by the, so that was the middle of March, by the middle of May, I had been through a surgery and five rounds of radiation. And, and now two months later, so now we're the middle of July, it feels like it didn't even happen. Like there's part of me that it's so distant now in a sense. Um, but then there are these moments when I, I kind of feel the ripples of trauma um, because it was such an intense and um, surreal and kind of took over all of life again, right? And then so there's like this vibration underneath my skin. And I'm still noticing these thoughts that kind of come into my mind that are reflective of what stirred up during those months. Um, not just the random thoughts, but even the reminders of things that um, I may have theorized as being true. And so kind of the crystallization of some of those things um, that are either affirmed or or thoughts that are tweaked a little bit. Um, and then fast forward to earlier this month, you know, as I'm kind of still in that space of of emerging from you know, all that surrealness uh, that kind of runs parallel to life during, you know, times of crisis mode and survival mode. Um, the beginning of this month, one of my kids started to say and do things that uh, seemed a bit off. And, and there were some similar um, expressions, like similar things that are being, that were being said that um, they reminded me of an experience that I had with uh, her dad uh, 12 years ago. And so within two days of oh, saying these, these very off 
things, um, I had to take my daughter to the hospital and, uh, um, and, and she's being treated currently for a psychotic break. Um, and so that's a whole, a whole other story, a whole new crisis mode. And, and this is kind of what appears to be, you know, these last three to four months have been kind of a microcosm of my whole life. If, if, if one could spot a trend in the course of, of the past dozen years or so, it, it might look something like this, that as soon as I emerge from a crisis and begin to unfold back into more normalized living, suddenly a new disaster erupts. And, and it's not like I've ever experienced or expected life to be fair or easy. I, I don't have that expectation, but I think at some point it all gets to be a little bit ridiculous. So I, I have to consider that perhaps, I don't know, perhaps I have expected a modicum of fairness that, that maybe, hey, maybe I've had my share of, of shit show, <laughs> you know, maybe it's my turn for things to go well. And I, and I realize that, you know, there's a part of life that you know, I used to think, oh my gosh, people have all this like constant drama in their lives. Like maybe it's something that they're doing. <laughs> and, and, and I, I realize that there are certain stressors in my life that, that are the natural consequences of how I've managed myself through, through some of these crises, right? I'm not, I'm not great at managing finances, for instance. Um, so there's some fallout from that. Um, you know, I've, I've chosen to work and, and make my living and, and support my family in, in a way that, that doesn't create, um, routine. There's no kind of imposed external structures so that I'm not naturally good at that either. So, so there's definitely some, you know, some things that could be going well, but I, those aren't the major issues <laughs> that are, that are going on the major bricks that have been lobbed onto the path of my life they can't be linked to my personal shortcomings. And I'm, I'm finding that my understanding of life, you know, that, that we're all worthy of love and unconditional acceptance and that, you know, and, and we are all, we really are all worth having every good thing. Um, you know, so that belief combined with, you know, the understanding that we live in a world where what happens to us doesn't always reflect our worth. In fact, it rarely does. Um, and, and, and we, and there are no guarantees. Um, so these, these things that I would articulate and understand to be true, they are kind of consistently challenged and affirmed and, um, which I, I guess is a good thing, but I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of being test monkey. Right. Um, and then the question then becomes, you know, if, if, if what happens to us is not what is reflective of our worth, we can say that how we respond to those things is reflective of our worth, right? So in these situations, do I still cling to my understanding of my worth? Do I, do I slip back into victim mentality where, um, how I respond to what happens reflects that I'm not worthy, do I, do I have hidden expectations that, that I deserve to catch a break and that other people, you know, there are people all around who seem to only get the breaks, right? Are they somehow more deserving? Or maybe I think they just got lucky that they're really less deserving than I am, you know, depending on how I regard them, <laughs> right? Um, you know, these are all the things that, that kind of stir up right? To what degree am I able to mourn with those who mourn? 
right? Or, or rejoice with those who rejoice in the midst of my own experiences that really pull to the extremes. It's, it's, it, you know, these are the things that challenge, like, do you really, um, believe what you say you believe, right? Um, I mentioned my, my anger response earlier. I do probably feel more angry, um, than I probably ever have in my life. And there, there are certain things that kind of heat up that anger. And one of those, um, I've noticed is when I hear somebody say, or if I read something, or even if I hear like the voices in the back of my own mind, um, trying to find, you know, the, the, uh, um, the silver lining, right. And trying to be encouraging and saying some form of, you know, this crap must be the fertilizer for the good stuff to come. Right. I can't even, can't even say a line that actually has any tinge of, of great in it. It's like, even this crap, like I can't even, anybody who's kind of intimating that, you know, this is for a purpose and this is, um, you know, a sign that, that things are going to turn around. It's like, it makes me so angry because what I've experienced in life has been, <laughs> I kind of, I laugh about, uh, I'm like life's whack-a-mole, right? I just come out of the hole and I get banged back down, right? Just when I, just when I start to emerge and say, oh my goodness, I can breathe in fresh air. It's like, you know, the, if you see a cartoon and someone's grabbing onto the side of the the pit and then suddenly that whole all the earth there just kind of crumbles and you slide back down in it's kind of what it has felt like um for me in the last decade or so and so um you know clinging to this idea that somehow this is the stepping stone to something great no there's no guarantee maybe and maybe not maybe not as just as valid as maybe um, so that's that always kind of gets under my skin because I know people are meaning well, um, but I just want to punch them in the face, right? Um, the other thing that kind of gives rise to this anger in me is when people casually say, oh, I'll pray for you. And, and accompanying that is no expression of human connection at all. It's just, oh, I'll pray for you. Oh my gosh, it drives me, I, I get so angry. Because um, it's not that I don't believe that, that there's power in prayer. I actually do, but I don't believe that, um, that, that the power of prayer is, um, you know, saying what we want and need and then believing it into being. Like to me, that's called magic. That's magical thinking, magic incantation, and it's really quite patronizing if, if anyone is actually going through um, something and, and really is in you know, true need of, of prayer. And because and, prayer, in my mind, the mystery and the power of prayer is really revealed in our acknowledgement of powerlessness. It, it's impotent. To me, like for in, in my mind, it, it's completely impotent when it's used as a display of power. Like, look, I've got the power of prayer on my side. Like that, oh my gosh, like even my bones as I'm saying that out loud, just, oh, there's, it really, really bothers me. Prayer, prayer is what naturally pours out of us. It's what we're led to 
when we reach the end of ourselves, when we feel like there is absolutely, we, we're so completely at a loss. Um, you know, it's kind of like, like, like blood is drawn from a cut in the flesh. Prayer is drawn from a tear to the soul. If, if my soul doesn't feel in some way torn by the needs expressed by another and, and my and in my powerlessness to meet those needs, then I have no business saying I'll pray for that person, right? Prayer, prayer helps me meet them in their feeling of having no power. Like, oh my gosh, I, I don't have anything to say. I have, I don't have anything I can do for you right now. I'm gonna pray because I've got nothing. Prayer is a is acknowledgement of our our emptiness, our 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 impotence. To it's our our complete end of ourselves and our own power um you know prayer helps me i I, it brings me to that acknowledgement right it can and it can bring then once i get to the end of myself you know prayer might be that 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 the last thing that that i utter before the thought of a resource that i do have comes to mind some way i can contribute to easing the pain in a situation, right? And it, 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 the power of prayer, it, it reminds me that we're not, none of us ever are truly alone and that we all have our limits. We all get to the end of our, our power and our ability to, to really affect anything in, in a, <laughs> in a beneficial way. Um, even when we feel completely defeated and, and completely at a loss, we're connected. And, and so that, in, in that, we're never truly and completely lost, even, even we feel like we are. That, to me, is what prayer um, opens up a space for, right? Um, <laughs> and having said all that, like in the situations that I've been in um, in life and, and um, over you know, the last years and years, and then even the last you know, few months and months, um, you know, I'll, I got a million thoughts that, that, that pop into my head. I'm constantly processing and things are rubbing up against my, my philosophies and, and theologies of life. And, um, and I haven't been able to really organize those thoughts and those responses, um, kind of <laughs> well enough or, um, clearly enough to to keep the podcast going the way I would have liked to have the last couple of months um but that's not because the thoughts are stagnant um so I'm hoping in the next few weeks um to start sorting out and settling some of these um these thoughts that have have stirred up um so I can communicate them with with all of you in in hopes that maybe something will resonate maybe you'll find something that uh that you relate to that just gives you the ability to articulate something for yourself that that kind of settles into your own bones and and <sighs> creates that space to breathe a little bit a little bit better right um there's been a lot of themes going on in my internal musings that that run kind of along the same lines um 
that we've established over the past year in this podcast, you know, the themes of, of unconditional acceptance of self and others and coming out of hiding and becoming who we already are. And so I, I kind of jotted down um, a few of these thoughts. Um, there have been a lot of things going on in politics. I'm not a hugely political person at all. I definitely run along the line of apathy. Um, but the conversations, or should I say the lack of conversations, the lack of ability to see the other, um, that's also been a part of what's kind of been swirling around in my, in my thoughts. And so, um, things I want to explore this, um, this fear of the other and and what this has to do with our own belief in an ideal and in our threat, um, of, of being regarded as not right. That's what I think the fear of the other is. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, what got me to the eye doctor was um, this year was going to be my year to get my finances in order and my year to do all the, you know, the health checkups that I haven't done in the last decade um, because I turn 50 next year, which sounds so crazy. Um, so that's kind of what started like, oh, let's go, let's go to the eye doctor first. That's the easy one. Um, <laughs> it's just so ironic to me. Um, but, uh, but kind of in this, this mental shift, um, of, of aging, which just sounds so bizarre because I don't feel like I'm older. Um, and yet there's this shift happening. And so I want to explore, and I don't know that this is, uh, particular only to those folks who are kind of moving up in years but I think there's a shift that happens when we when we we for for whatever reason maybe because of life situation maybe because of getting a little bit older coming to terms with things but there's this shift from who we want to be right this is what I want to be when I grow up this is what um you know seeing people in the media like oh my gosh I could do that right this what we want to be, and then the acknowledging who we already are. And, and yeah, so I want to explore that. Um, yeah, I want to explore the idea of having hope when there are no guarantees. I've really um, been kind of wrestling and pressing up against that, how to articulate that. Um, I want to talk about this, the important space and, and distinction between our desire for certainty and our need for security. What does that look like? And we've talked about equilibrium and risk before and um, it kind of goes in that space. I want to talk about kind of this internal work of unconditional acceptance of self and others compared to the external manifestation of that. You know, discerning where where do we limit ourselves? Where do we impose limits on others? Um and so how does that, like, how do those pieces work together, right? I want to talk about this idea of entering into, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, I'll explain, but entering into parallel universes. And I don't mean that in some big mystical way people talk about, like, there's a multiverse. Uh, okay, maybe there is, <laughs> but I don't know. There's nothing that serves me very well to entertain that too much. So if other people entertain it, yay for them. But what I'm talking about when I say entering into parallel universes um, I feel like I've had these different experiences that have allowed me to enter in, like almost like pulling back a veil into this parallel space of life that isn't the track of life that I 
am living and yet my my track has had to jump over there. So for instance, um, years back um, when it was just me and the four kids on our own at the very beginning of that, realizing that I didn't have the resources to make ends meet and I had to seek out um, SNAP benefits, so um, food and that kind of thing. And being kind of going through that process, it was it was a parallel universe. You know, this last year going through cancer treatments, which I just, I don't even like saying that word, um, but it was a parallel universe. You know, thinking that, you know, there are people all around us all day long that we're not even aware of. They they went and had radiation today or they're going to be on their way this afternoon or a chemo, um, a round of chemo or whatever. Like all around us, all day long. We have no idea because the veil is closed. And I've seen behind that veil what that looks like and feels like. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a separate universe. Um, the, the parallel universe of um, entering into um, when mental health is a bit off-balanced. Um, you know, I have my own experiences with that. Um, but also entering into the experience with someone who is, is going through a psychosis and, and you know, understanding and are articulating our own responses to that. It's a very interesting parallel universe um, that intersects ours. All of these intersect our own. Uh, but I want to explore that. Okay, that's a whole. That might be a whole group of, of, of um, conversations, right? Um, something I was talking to a friend with yesterday, um, I have this cognitive dissonance between therapy and friendships. And so I want to explore when and how do we lean into one or the other? Like when, how um, does one eliminate the other, right? And that kind of taps back into this idea of the ideal <laughs> and the threat of, of, uh, of not being enough. All of that, like all these things have some overlap um, because everything overlaps this idea of... Um, you know, being more fully who we already are and um, coming out of hiding and being exposed and accepted. And there's so many things that kind of um, run through my mind and that I want to articulate. I'm always processing, weighing out all the things. These were just a few things I jotted down <laughs> in, in a moment. <laughs> and this is a little glimpse into my uh, the scariness inside my head. <laughs> so I thought maybe I'll use this episode... It's kind of the start of a fresh um, season. So, uh, you know, we're, we're into the second year now and um, we've explored a lot of things. I, I feel like we've laid the foundation and the framework for um, the way of thinking. Um, but then there are things we can explore within that framework. And so, so we'll, we'll keep doing that. So we'll move forward and um, kind of let's just see where this continues to go. Um, yeah, so until until we meet again, you know, keep showing up wherever you are. Bring you to life. I just wrote that down earlier. I really like it because there's like I love words and I love double meanings and I love um the uh the connotations and the the emotional charge that words can have. So this idea of bringing you to life. So bringing yourself, bringing, because there's a sense of you coming alive, but there's also a sense of show up, bring you who you already are to life. 
to what's going on, whether you are behind a veil into some surreal crisis mode, separate universe, you know, and that, that could be something as simple as going to, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with extended family. <laughs> you know, that is a parallel universe. You kind of dip your toes in, but that's not the track that you live on. But it's very real. It's still very real. And um, yeah, so all these things that I want to to talk about. So let's let's all bring ourselves to life in every moment and, and really see ourselves and see others and um and be more able to accept what is so until next time my friends bye bye